was a legislative uh, public hearing. Now, I stress public hearing uh, with the House Appropriations Human Resource Committee that was hosted at the North Dakota State Prison. The focus for that we're going to talk about in just a second, but historic. I mean, just historic and a recognition of what needs to be worked on and done. We criticize often uh, the legislature for the ridiculousness of some of these bills and how that shouldn't be any focus at all in North Dakota. Well, this one should. And uh, one of the individuals, uh, legislature or legislator that was in attendance at this was Representative Elisa Mitzkog, who serves on that committee. Uh, Representative Mitzkog, good to have you on News and Views. Good morning, Joel. I really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. Uh, describe to people what the intent was here, why you were, why you did as a committee, what you did. Well, um, as you stated, um, I serve on the appropriations human resources section. We have some very large budgets um, using taxpayer money and um, trying to make prudent, um, resourceful decisions to not overspend or underspend. And, and more importantly, make strategic um, spending decisions. And these budgets are the ones that affect people. And including in that is the Department of Corrections. So um, I'm really grateful for our chair, um, Nelson, John Nelson, that um, saw the, um, the, the importance for us to actually see where our dollars are going and the impact. So we, we visited the, the North Dakota State Penitentiary yesterday. Uh, John Nelson's good. He's really good at what he does, uh, you know, Republican chair of that committee. And he's good at looking not only at uh, at what the expenses are, these people's lives, but also what could happen with the individuals that are sitting in the North Dakota uh, State Penitentiary. Did they break the numbers down, Representative Mitzkog? Did they have a conversation about, for example, what it costs North Dakotans to have someone incarcerated each year? Well, we've gone over that in previous um, hearings, and it's upward of $50,000 per year. So, you know, I think the goal, um, several years ago, um, the former director of corrections took a, a legislative group over to Norway and uh, uh, to study uh, a more um, innovative and uh, effective way to um, effectively reform and, and re um, reduce recidivism. And they adopted that philosophy and that, that model several years ago. And I have to tell, tell you and the, the listeners that um, the work that Corrections is doing with the goal of uh, public safety, they are doing transformational work in, in really getting at the root of what, why people are ending up in prison. And oftentimes it's, it's substance abuse and a high number of cases or individuals that are incarcerated, as well as behavioral health issues, uh, mental health issues. Um, issues. So um, we heard yesterday from um, several different groups. Um, we heard some of the challenges, but more more importantly, we heard the programs that are being um, offered to incarcerated individuals and, and the whole philosophy, how it's changed and in trying to really um, address the issues and, and make these individuals better and so when they, because at the end of the day, most of them will be back in our communities and be our neighbors. And and we want them to be productive. We want them to work. And tell you what's happening out here at the state penitentiary, um, it's inspiring. I, I it's, Yesterday was a day I will never forget. Um, there are a lot of good things that are happening. And they're, 
they're being efficient with taxpayer dollars. And um, Dave Kravinoff and Colby Ron, um, um, the head of the system, um, and all their staff, um, they're doing great work. Yeah. There's a few other things we need to, we really need to address. Um, you know, our correction officers, there's been big tur- turnover in, in staffing and, you know, they're underpaid and they're really un- under high stress. Um, so there's some things we, we need to work on. Or did they give specifics? Uh, Director Kravenhoff, did, did he say, look, if I were in one of your chairs, here's what I would suggest taking a look at, working on and, and getting done? Well, I mean, they've got some plans. We, we know we've got a problem. Um, we have a, um, an aging, um, really, a facility that's not um, addressing the women incarcerated out in New England. Um, we need to do better. If most of the women that are there um, have behavioral health or, or, more importantly, substance use issues, they've had trauma in their life, and and it, we need to um, we need a more efficient, more effective facility for them. So that's on the table. And, and more importantly, most of the women that are incarcerated in, in um, New England are mothers, and um, and they're working on programs for them that are are trying to you know to heal them, to, to address their, their, um, their substance use and, and make them better mothers so they can be reunited with their children and come back and, and, and enter the workforce. And so that's one of the plans. Um, we know we've got to work on that. Um, we also last week had an opportunity to tour Rough Rider Industries that are putting um, uh, incarcerated individuals to work in a really productive way, and they're they're producing um, goods for state agencies such as furniture, and uh, as well as a host of other things. So, a lot of good things happening. What, what was there? And I know Leanne Birch, uh, and I knew her well, and it, you know, and she began a lot of the things that that we're talking about here today. Just we were so fortunate for the time that she spent as the director, the head of our Department of Corrections. Um, but when you look at it as a whole, when you look at what's going to change lives and, and get them back into the workforce and back as a member of society that's going to be, uh, you know, a good member of society, what what do you look at? Is it, are most of them there, this is a suspicion of mine, but it was, I did a radio show uh, with Leanne Birch right from the penitentiary. A lot of it was substance abuse. A lot of it was tracked back to substance abuse. And so the ability to have, you know, substance abuse counselors to to work on things like that seemed to have a major impact on the recidivism of some of these prisoners. Um, what what was your take on it? No, that's absolutely correct. Um, the, the root of the problem, and, and, you know, it's my understanding when um, an inmate enters the facility uh, on day one. I mean, part of it, the, um, oh, their orientation and their first five weeks, you know, those are the things that are addressed, you know, right away, you know, if there's substance use that, you know, they'll, they'll get services for that, if it's behavioral health, um, you know, they have medical um, services within the facility. But they're, they've got different units. Um, and I think depending on your level of security and, um, one that stood out to me, though, was the um, Unity Unit, and this is a program, um, as well as the Shining Light program, that has um, 
gain national recognition. And we're, we're actually a leader in the country for some of these programs and a role model for other um, states for corrections. But this unity unit is um, older um, inmates that are serving longer sentences that have really turned their lives around are now um, mentoring the young inmates, 18 to 25-year-olds. And we walked into that unit last week. I, I, I can't describe, I mean, just the tranquility and the interaction. Um, it's not what you see in the movies. And um, they're, it's a safe unit. There's, there virtually um, are hardly any uprisings, I understand. And um, they kind of coexist. And they are they're doing valuable work to try to, to influence the, 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 you know, the first time or young inmates so they, they don't repeat um, and, and re-enter and, re, you know, for that recidivism. But um, so there's, there's several programs going on, you know, the peer-to-peer -peer support. Um, they're training people within the um, prison. So when they go back into our communities, they can act as peer-to-peer -peer support um, mentors for others that are struggling with substance abuse. Um, disorders and just lots of good things, but I will tell you, um, as as good as we're doing at the state level, our our county correctional facilities and local jails, really, um, I, I've said for a while now that we need to get more programs there because I don't think people they seem to be a revolving door, and I think if we can get services for um, that first or second time um, offender at the local level, you know, will greatly um, lower the need and, and the space needs at the, at the state level at the correction facilities. So, you know, one of the, the meeting itself was held at the chapel. Am I correct in that? Yes. It was a packed room. And was there much talk, Representative Mitzkog, in regards to the role that faith plays in the rehabilitation? Yes, I had an opportunity to um, uh, visit with the chaplain and then the director of the religious, um, and I, she said there were about 11 or 12 different um, types of religions that are represented within the state penitentiary. There are nine um, church services a day. Last week, there was a graduation for um, a ministerial type program that um, inmates were able to participate in, and um, they're doing really good work for um the ministry within the prison. Very, very encouraging to see. So as anything, you're on appropriations. You're in one of the toughest chairs in the legislature. In the end, a lot of the things you're trying to fix come down to money. Uh, what what type of luck do you think you're going to have in getting additional funding? Because it's very easy to not fund the, fund the life of prisoners. Well, it's interesting. I just stepped out of my meeting, and that's one of the discussions. We're faced with a some challenges. We have a lot of money, but how do we how do we strategically invest in facilities? We've got a number of aging facilities that need a, to be addressed, whether it be the state hospital in Jamestown, um, the New England women's facility, we've got the state health lab. So we really need to have um, we need to be crystal clear on and in spending our dollar tax dollars um, strategically, prudently, and wisely. Um, and, and making a plan for the future, you know, what kind of space needs and, you know, what can be put off and what needs to be done immediately. Yeah. Representative Mitzkog, I, I drug you out of committee for a quick sec or two here. I, I appreciate you coming on. And I, Joel, I just wanted to share, um, 
that the hearing is available online, the North Dakota legislative um, site. You can pull up yesterday's hearing and pretty inspiring. I think everybody would be touched by um, the things that were said yesterday. So thank you, Joel. You bet. Thanks for doing the hard work.